I think that the the big scary word in starting something is is implementation. So adding adding a program or a process, you know, the scariest part is the implementation. Man, really excited for this. Just want to introduce myself if we haven't met before, most of you some familiar faces here, but Andrew Smallwood, VP of Revenue at Second Nature. We're talking about uh, exciting revenue models, innovations happening in the property management space today. We've got an awesome group of panelists that we're going to be featuring. And there's also a lot of wisdom all across this room and the people in this room that we're going to be tapping into a little bit today. This is a bonus extension of TWLX. We asked, how could we even add more value, not wait till August 23rd to start to get some good Good ideas flowing, good momentum happening, uh, some great change you know, to be celebrating. And uh, listen, we're, we, we take a lot of things lightly at Second Nature. Uh, we like to make these fun, playful, enjoyable. Uh, but the thing we, we don't take lightly is your time and your commitment to be here. So uh, we're going to be very efficient with this. We're going to get a lot done. And I'll just give you the high-level overview of how that's, that's going to work today. In a couple of minutes, we're going to have a quick, what we call purposeful connecting activity. Um, and, and maybe if you're like me, you've really been enjoying seeing the in-person conferences coming back. And a big reason is there's so many valuable conversations, one-on-one, -on -one, small groups that happen uh, often at the lobby bar or after hours or you know during a lunch or a break. Um, there's so much value that happens there and so much real connecting in addition to uh, great ideas and really relevant conversation that uh, leads to a lot of the biggest takeaways. And you know, we we want to facilitate that. The nice thing is you don't have to get up and move around the way that we do this. You don't sometimes have to break that social awkwardness barrier of walking up to somebody. Um, you know, at an in-person event that can for some folks, right, that can be a little bit of a challenging social situation to try to really step out and do that. We we kind of facilitate that here, make that easier uh, to get into a conversation with folks. And we even give some questions that just help bring some purpose and value to those conversations as a way of getting to know each other, uh, but also doing some learning and interesting conversation together. So that, that's what we're hoping uh, to inspire. That's what you'll experience first. Then we've got our panel uh, who we're going to be asking some questions, having some great real-time dialogue with about what, what they're seeing, what they could be seeing happen next, uh, some exciting things already happening and some practical takeaways that you can take away today um, before you leave. All right, let's do it. What's the most profitable thing you've done in your business, right? It could be last week, it could be last month, it could be last year, uh, you know, preferably something more recently. But thinking about, hey, what's something recently that you've done that's the most profitable change you've made in your business? What are a couple of ideas that come up? Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask for a couple of you from your small groups. We said we would do this. We gave you a heads up on this. Uh, we're going to ask for, you know, two, three, four. It's probably all we'll have time for, but we, we'd love to see more hands than that. Uh, come up on something you can share for an answer to that question of, hey, what's the most profitable thing you did in your business? Uh, something either you shared or somebody in your group shared that stood out to you. We'd love to hear a couple answers to that question. You can also just express some public appreciation for somebody you connected with. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go Wolfgang first. I saw his hand first. So we'll bring Wolfgang up. There he is. You can just come off mute. I would love so to hear your takeaways. It's kind of, I mean, I think one thing that we're going to hear is RBP, right? Just residence benefit packages. So we'll just clear that one off the table because um, that was a universal in our group. And then I added the ability that I've calculated we've replaced one FTE with better processes and automation. So just not having one additional staff members increases profitability. Wow. FTE yeah. is full-time employment or full-time equivalent. And, and Wolfgang, um, you know, in, in your business, like FTE, can you give a sense of like, hey, you know, the, the amount, like, Property managers do spend a lot of money and overhead on labor. Like, can you quantify that a little bit roughly for what people would expect? So uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So I believe that we've replaced one admin level and I'm going to use a local employee cost versus a remote team member. 
Uh, so here, a general admin, you're looking at probably $25 to $30 an hour plus payroll costs and all the other stuff. So let's just call it, you know, 55, 60,000 a year. Yeah. Wow, man, that's great. Hey, thanks for sharing and, and thanks for going first. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, great share. I'm going to come to uh, Steve Pardon, my man in Virginia. We were emailing, I feel like, yesterday or today. Steve, good to see you as always. Always a bit. Good to see you. Uh, in, in our group, like I kind of kicked it off and I gave a specific example, but we actually went to something more generic that I think is more helpful to the group. Before you ever get to an RBP or before you ever get to anything like that, specify what management is in your contract. I did not do that until a couple of years ago. I know a lot of us use state contracts, but um, then that eliminates the, well, what do you mean? What am I paying you X percent for? Like, what is that? No, no, we have specified in here what that X percent goes to. So these other things are additional fees. Uh, and the other thing that came out of our group, which, uh, you know, I'm not normally Joe philosophical, but we talked about some things that just made life easier and that profit, uh, a change you made that was profitable, profit isn't always monetary. So that was what came up from our group. Man, that that's yeah, cool. That, that's thinking cool. about the about business the, model, the man, you know, what is the management fee cover? Getting really clear on that so that your value proposition is really clear on anything else you're bringing around that. Um, that that's really great. Cool. Steve, thanks so much. Um, I, I know we're like out of time, but I, I'm going to squeeze in one more if it's out there. Who, uh, who can we call on for one more before we introduce our panel and get it going? Something that was shared in your group. It could be specific. It could be general. All right. We got Bruce. Bruce, we're bringing you up. Here we go. Yeah, it was, uh, no, it was really great. Um, first of all, Miranda had a triple win. She'd have to share hers because it was really good. But uh, I just, I was just sharing in our group how the, when we brought our construction in-house and the project management in-house, not the employees, but the project management in-house, we were able to eliminate costs that a lot of GCs put in and property management companies add in. They put a cost on top. And then we also compete with the property managers. We, if we have a, a heavy turn, they'll go out to their subs, we'll go out to our subs and we'll compare numbers. And then we'll decide who who's the one that's going to manage that. Will it be us or be them? Sometimes it's cost-effective to use the property management and oftentimes it's uh, cost-effective to use ours. So that was uh, that was probably our biggest profitable decision in the history of our company was managing those uh, heavy heavy lift construction costs. Yeah, yeah. So expanding out to that, you know, as you guys have been investing and bringing stuff on, that's cool. Very cool, Bruce. Thanks for sharing, man. Great to have you here. Here's what we're going to do now. We're going to start to bring up our panel, uh, so we can bring up Thad Tarkington, uh, CEO, co-founder of Second Nature, who's going to help co-moderate a little bit today. Uh, so Thad, great to have you here. We're going to bring up Jess Foster next from Atrium Management out of Florida. Um, and I was hearing some incredible personal achievements uh, and things Jess has overcome recently, like running 64 miles on a broken leg. Was that right? Or <laughs> Jess, you'll have to, All I caught most of that. But I ran a hundred mile race and 64 of the miles were on a broken leg. Yes. Okay. Well, but it was that's nine months ago. Different it's a whole different panel. You'll have to catch that after August, but we definitely want to hear that, <laughs> that story, Jess. Great to have you here. Um, Todd Orchide, we've got from Revolution Rental Management. And I'll also call out, Todd. Todd's also affiliated with PM Assist, which provides some just great like training materials on this topic. Um, we, we can probably share a link to some of that stuff at some point uh, you know, throughout or after the program so people can, can check that out. But Todd, Todd is a, a in, known as an industry resource on innovative reg, uh, revenue programs and different ways to monetize and looking at that. And he's, he's practiced, you know, he's practiced what he, what he talks about and what he teaches. So Todd, great to have you here as always. And uh, let's see. Okay. Finals, Umer from Home365. There he is, Umer. Great to have you here with us. And uh, man, Home365 has just been growing like a weed, thousands of properties, bunch of markets. Uh, exciting team over there and uh, and some really cool innovative things that you guys are doing. I know, especially on the owner side that I know about, we'll see what else we discover in our conversation today. But hey, that's my that's my insufficient introduction here. So what I'd like to do first is a little warm up uh, outside of that and myself. Jess, we'll have you go first and Todd and Umer. Can you guys just interest, hey, you know, formal name, title, any, any background on the company or any context that would 
be good as an audience member to hear about you and your business. Let's kick it off there. Go ahead, Jess. Hey, I'm Jess Foster. I'm with Atrium Management. Uh, we currently have uh, just over 4,500 doors under management in Florida and Virginia. Um, and my primary role is business development. Very good. All right, Todd, can we go to you next? Sure. Uh, Todd Orchide. I'm the CEO of Revolution Rental Management. Uh, we're uh, in two states, Georgia and Florida. I'm actually on the way to Florida right now, which is why you see me sitting in my Tesla doing this. Uh, but uh, uh, we're currently acquiring, expanding uh, as many places as we can. And uh, as Andrew mentioned, I also do consulting and training on revenue maximization. Awesome. Thanks, Todd. And Umer, bring us home. A little introduction, please. Cool. Yeah. So uh, my name is uh, Umer Kabani. I'm with uh, Home365. I am the VP of uh, Business Development and Growth, responsible for all revenue, ancillary revenue channels. And, and new growth initiatives. Uh, we're upwards to maybe around 75, 8,000 units uh, on our platform, looking to get up to maybe 15,000 to 20,000 by next year, primarily through an acquisition strategy and through our one rate uh, platform, which essentially guarantees uh, owner operators an income every month, regardless if the unit is uh, vacant or not. Plus we take care of you know maintenance fees and such. And by that, we actually charge a higher fee uh, to our owners than the traditional seven to ten percent management fees. Yeah, we're we're going to get into that one, Umair. So uh, uh, thanks for teeing that one up. <laughs> I want to hear more about that for sure. Um, great. And and Thad, I, I know uh, probably a good number of people know know you in Second Nature here, I would imagine. But why, why don't you give just a quick introduction, just in case? Yeah. So um, yeah, Thad Tarkington, co-founder, CEO of Second Nature. Um, you know, been doing this nine years, it'll be 10 in November. So uh, crazy to say, but, um, you know, as y'all know, we work with uh, over a thousand property management companies and really focused around helping them deliver a great resident experience and, uh, you know, services that that do that. So um, yeah, excited to have this conversation. Great group of folks here too. So this will be fun. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, Let's do this, Todd. We'll we'll start with you, and then we can we can jump in any order we want here. But you know, first question is some context of just what trends are you noticing in the business models and revenue models for property managers? Are there things you've seen become mainstream? Are there things you've seen that are on their way out? What new or innovative things you know are you starting to see that might be developing into trends? Kind of what would you? share with folks about your perspective on kind of what's happening in the business model and revenue model space and property management? Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is I think there is a management fee compression going on in a lot of markets, certainly not everywhere. Um, I'm looking to, I'm, I'm looking at a market right now, Asheville, for example, where management fees are averaging about 12%. Um, so, I mean, there's, there are certainly places where it's not compressing, but if you look at markets, you know, Jess and I are both in central Florida, you can actually drive down the street where our old office was and see signs of where people are advertising 5% management fees. So, you know, I mean, there, there is certainly compression going on the fee side, but a lot of us are, are resolving that with a lot of the ideas we'll talk about here, which is how we can get revenue from other areas. Um, as far as things that I'm seeing that are really kind of becoming obligatory at this point, I would say is the RBP that, you know, obviously you guys uh, are very familiar with and Wolfgang mentioned earlier that, you know, their panel was so, or, or their breakout group was on board with. That's just becoming pretty much mandatory at this point, just because so many of us have implemented it at this point. So many apartment complexes have so many things going on in that same same vein. So it's kind of impossible to compete on the resident side without doing that. So, I mean, some of these things that bring in revenue are just becoming necessary just to compete for the resident. So I think that's another trend I'm seeing. Yeah, Todd, thanks for kicking off. You know, I'm, Jess, I'm curious since he, he mentioned this, you know, is that how you guys are seeing things at Atrium? You know, is, is there anything you would kind of reinforce there? Anything Sorry. outside of that that you're noticing? Um, I would, I have definitely seen that. I've seen some creativity uh, on the um, on the management fee side of things. I think that um, here in Central Florida, at least, uh, we are seeing that the the competition. Uh, so to speak, is um, compressing compressing management fees. But then we see an influx 
of these ancillary fees, which we can talk about. And that sort of, I see the direction, at least here in our market, um, is let's take down the management fee percentage. So we look a little prettier on paper, but then let's, you know, pad, pad the options, the ancillary options. So it's a, it's a creative move. It's, it's not specifically what we're doing at Atrium, but I'm seeing it at a lot of the appointments that I'm going on, having to uh, explain why our fees might appear to be higher than others. This is connecting back to what I feel like Steve was talking about in that breakout, you know, really defining what that management fee is. And uh, it's interesting to see how the market dynamics might, you know, shape how people are defining that, what customers are expecting when they're coming into these conversations. That's cool. Um, yeah, Thad or Umerin, anything you guys would add here of just how you guys are thinking about the business model of property management revenue models, anything interesting you're seeing out there or things that are on their way out, on their way in? Yeah. So <clears throat> we're averaging maybe around $80 profit per unit per month. Right. And so like my KPI or like goal is to like, how do I get ancillary revenue to meet that $80 a month? Right. So now with RBP, we can gather maybe around $15 or so. So then, then that leaves another $65 or so to like keep adding things on, like such as the utilities concierge. I could perhaps add on another 10 if we do that in-house. And now it's just kind of stacking these things until we hit that 80 because yes, like compression is a reality. And one of the ways we combat that is through our kind of net operating income like guarantee, which is essentially an insurance product. And now we actually collect 20, upwards of 23% uh, from the owner uh, for guaranteeing this, this, this NOI back to them paid monthly, uh, regardless if there is a vacancy or not, or if there needs to be something fixed or not, we actually handle uh, all of that. Uh, so we've actually gone from maybe 15% of our units on this kind of one rate model to upwards to maybe around 30%. And by the end of the year, we want to actually get it to 50%. Uh, owners paying us actually about a 20 to 23% fee for us to be able to kind of take on all of these risks. Of course, being a bigger company, we have more income coming in and we have, you know, we raise money from venture capitalists. So just in case anything does happen, we do have the money to back that up. So we know that may not be a reality for, for everyone here, but just kind of wanted to give you a perspective on, on someone who's kind of doing this at scale. Umer, on that, on that product, so you guys are basically saying 23% of anything collective in rent you keep. And then in exchange, you guarantee a fixed fee to them from the day they sign with you. Exactly. Okay. And then, and that's, that's full service. So it includes leasing everything, you know, everything else um, is included in that. Exactly. Management, leasing, maintenance, repairs, vacancy, um, all of that. Curious and, and feel free, you know, to you don't want to go too deep on some of these things. But um, how, how much are you seeing? What, what's the conversation that the investors are having when that product's presented? Like, what's the areas where they're like, you know, I really like this? What's some of the hesitations and, and kind of how long have you guys been doing that? Maybe it's really interesting. Yeah, we've been doing this for, for the past couple of years and we've been acquiring other property management companies and then introducing that model to the owners and then training our sales team to be able to sell the owners on that model. Uh, so that's the, the, the companies that we acquire. We, we actually partner with uh, who we acquire. We retain them. Uh, so they don't, not only do they get a lump sum, but they also get monthly amounts. Plus we'll actually raise the amount of income actually coming in from the management side. So it ends up actually being a pretty cool, uh, you know, growth strategy kind of like on our, on our behalf. Um, I'm not sure if that, that answered your question or not. Yeah, no, no, it, it did. And curious, like when most investors, when they look at that, are they kind of, do they feel like they're paying for certainty or do you almost present in a way where it's like the certainty comes free? It's actually a value add and it, you know, the economics feel fair. Yeah. We wanted to build uh, like a first of its kind passive income platform where you kind of leave us to do everything. You don't have to call any maintenance vendors. You don't have to go out. You don't have to worry about anything. All you necessarily have to worry about is how do you acquire more properties, right? And thus we have an in-house brokerage as well that works with our investors to help them acquire more properties so they can focus on what they do best and then let everything else be passive. 
Uh, yeah. So it's less stress for them. And, uh, and it allows for an increased net worth uh, downstream. That's kind of like our sell. So, and what I'm hearing from you here is it's, it's really this, you have a guaranteed income stream, everything's full service. So you just go run the acquisition economics, you know, the debt and like what, you know, what's going to be your cash flow based on this predictable number. And they can just focus on growing their units. And exactly. you know, yeah, cool. Exactly. And with RBP, you know, we, we get these air filters, right? So like we're just signing on with you all. And that will also reduce our maintenance costs. It's going to be about 50% of the homes. We have that maintenance liability. Like we are the ones paying the AC vendors. So if we can actually reduce some of that liability, it would be actually really cool to track how much we would actually save. So that's an initiative that, that we will be doing once, once we do sign on with you all and our tech teams kind of figure that stuff out. Cool. Uh, there's a few questions that came in the chat too, Amir. I don't know if you, if you can see the chat. If not, I can. Yeah. I think you're... I think here's what we'll do. It kind of transitions into the next part of the panel here, which is talking a little bit more about some of the practical practices and diving deep with each of the panelists. So Amir, I think we'll just keep with you on this and bring a couple additional questions here. You know, can you speak to, uh, and if Chad, who I know is getting, getting eye surgery right now, <laughs> would be the better person we could follow up on this, but um, a couple questions from the chat. Do, do you guys cap a repair limit per year? And, you know, is, is there uh, you know, some high end on like the maintenance is, is there some, anything there, you know, that, uh, to, to, you know, just the exposure on that side of things that you're looking at. And the other question was, is this a master lease? Uh, is that how you're administering it or is it a higher, uh, management fee? How are you administering it? Not a master lease, just a higher management percentage fee. Uh, there are no caps, although we conduct a one rate inspection before we put the product on one rate. So we make sure that there's not too much deferred maintenance. Otherwise, we would, you know, we would lose our head on it. So we are strategic uh, about that. And we will be using a company called Inspectify, who, who I actually used to work for, to be able to conduct our, our, our inspections and, and take measurements of the air filters and, and let us know how much deferred maintenance would be on a property. And that would actually help us fulfill some of our valuation models, you know, a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing like, hey, in your inspection, there's, you know, things like how the age of the property, et cetera, right? Just taking all that into account to run your guys' analysis and then kind of determine if it's a qualifying property for one rate and going from there. And Miranda asked a question about this. Like, is there a correlation you're seeing already with, with property class and adoption or like just anything you guys have noticed of here's, here's kind of the big levers that are making that work or create a lot more risk there? Most of the properties on our platform are, are C, C, and B minus, right? And we're seeing high adoption from the owners. Uh, once we start to sell them on it, saying, hey, we'll actually look for more properties for you. Uh, there is no man, like there's literally nothing. It's, it's just incredibly passive uh, on their end. And plus when you add in some other fees around how much would it cost for you to repair X items and bring vendors out, it may even you know, just be a wash. But as scale happens, you know, uh, we can actually take advantage of, of, of those numbers. And so we have AI models that run that for us. There's not actually a human that does that. Um, so it's, it's, it's incredibly accurate. Uh, thus, we continue to offer that. And ideally, at the end of the year, at least half of our units would be on this one rate product where we're collecting anywhere from 20 to 23%. Cool. Very cool. Well, Amir, thanks for, for going deep on that one. You know, Jess, if we could come to you next, you know, this is almost kind of like, hey, the answer to the question everyone was you know, asking themselves in the breakout of what, what is one of the most profitable things you guys have done you know, recently? Could you, could you speak to it in a little more detail and you know, the extent, extent to which you, know, you guys kind of developed a program uh, that's getting you guys a great result? Sure. So for us, the most profitable thing we've done over the last year is implement the RBP. Um, we started out discussing it. I believe it was last October. So we're almost to the year mark here. Um, initially, our plan was going to be pretty basic. And, and then as we started looking at the things that were already um, required of our residents within the lease and what they were already paying for, and then how we could uh, combine those into our package, um, we were able to just continue to enhance. Um, what we were able to include. 
From there, we had some conversations with um, some other vendors, specifically PestShare. Uh, we were already using, um, not not successfully, but we were enrolled with CHS. So that was another level to it. Um, and then after we decided on what our plans were going to look like, uh, we engaged the insurance piece. And a few months later, um, task easy. And we've just continued to build from there. So our uh, profit per door currently, if it's enrolled in RBP and task easy is 5150 net. And that's across the board, either plan. We do have two plan options. Um, so that's essentially $618 a year, uh, just implementing that one program in the last, I guess it's been 10, nine, 10 months. Jess, so thanks for that. And I think, uh, the 50 plus number in profit, you know, that you mentioned is definitely mm -hmm. going to get some people's attention because, uh, you know, I, I, my bias here is to assume a lot of our audience are, you know, they either know second nature, what we do, the different services and features here. So things like filter delivery, renter's insurance, you know, getting utilities connected, credit reporting ID, um, like that's a baseline, but you guys have added a couple things in addition to that, that I think are a little bit newer out there that also people here may not have implemented yet. Um, so, you know, with PEST and like, I'm curious with TaskEasy, I know they offer, there's lawn care services. There's also, I think like home cleaning and pool cleaning, which may be relevant in, in Florida. Can you talk a little bit about what different services, you know, you were looking at them for and how that informed how you brought it together. It sounds like there's an option with these things and without these things. How did you guys think about putting all that together to get the result and experience you wanted? So we are newly adapting TaskEasy. It's a process that has taken um, a few months to really figure out as far as how we were going to move on it. Um, I think that the, the big scary word in starting something is is implementation. So adding adding a program or a process, you know, the scariest part is the implementation. And so we have taken um, through learning, you know, with the RBP, we've we've taken a slower approach so that we can make sure that our implementation is successful. Um, with Task Easy, it was pretty much a no brainer. We started this conversation also about a year ago. Um, we do require that our uh, owners provide lawn and pool care. Um, we factor it in to the, the monthly rate that the tenant is paying, but we do require it. And there are reasons for it specific to Florida, but also just specific to um, quali quality, right? That the product that we are providing to the residents, we want to be at a, at a certain quality. And to maintain that, we need to ensure that we have the lawn and pool handled. Um, and so engaging task easy was an obvious choice, but how to do that um, successfully has, has taken a while to figure out. And our journey through RBP actually helped us understand how to engage TaskEasy successfully. So currently TaskEasy for us is a third-party uh, management service for our lawns. So essentially we enroll a property into TaskEasy and TaskEasy handles ensuring that the lawn care is taken care of for that property. We receive uh, reports with pictures of, um, you know, the actual service provided, and um, it it has helped us to take that stressor off of our property managers. You know, a, a vendor doesn't show up, well, we don't have to deal with that anymore. Task Easy fully handles that. Um, and then we do make a profit per door on each home or residence enrolled into the Task Easy system. Um, we also, because we're managing some multifamily buildings as well, we're able to engage them on the multifamily side. And that ended up actually saving our investors money um, because those services on the multifamily side are actually less expensive pretty much across the board. 
Um, so we're able to make profit and save, save our clients. So it's been great. Um, when we started enhancing our RBP by, mm-hmm. um, just kind of adding to it with the, with the things that the tenants were already required, uh, to provide, for example, the tenants in our lease are responsible for interior and exterior pest control. So they weren't really going to complain that we said, Hey, your RBP package includes pest share because that's an insurance policy for their pest control. Right. So, um, it was easy to implement, um, the CHS thing we were already doing. So we just kind of added that on. Um, and then, um, recently we have also jumped in with second nature on the insurance piece. We were using a different um, insurance product and it just made a whole lot of sense to switch that up. Um, I would say because of accessibility and also just uniformity, uh, we were noticing a, a little, a little issue with trying to explain, um, through the lease signing process, okay, this is the company for this, and this is the company for that, and this is the company for that. It was easier to just mainstream it and uh, allow allow y'all at Second Nature to take care of that piece for us too. So it's been it's been positive. Yeah, thanks for walking through that. I, I think um, yeah, I'm curious. You know, in Florida, I've heard a lot of Florida property managers just talking about HOAs and HOA violations. I'm wondering, you know, as you're seeing. Uh, you know, lawns get better maintained or like systems and process in that is, is that providing a benefit to the team you know, that you're seeing there? Um, so I'd love for you to speak to that. And then second was, you know, Jess, I, I think a lot of people when they come into these ancillary services and even people who have deployed a resident benefits package, you know, there's this thought of like, well, you know, am I going to mandate anything and everything? And thinking about like opt-in versus opt-out versus like what's mandatory, kind of like the positioning and presentation. Um, I'd be curious if you have anything you could share that as you've really added, you know, additional items and like what you're seeing uh, from, from the residents' reaction to the price points and, and what the presentation's been, uh, if you could cover those two things and then we'll, we'll move to Todd after this. Absolutely. So on the HOA side, yes, we were seeing a lot of activity and communication from HOAs regarding, uh, you know, violations due to the the lawns and such. Uh, with TaskEasy, they actually have an entire department that handles HOA violations. So when that comes in, it just goes right to them. And so once we get everybody enrolled in the TaskEasy system, our property managers will be alleviated of that stress. Uh, it's also a better service for our owners, our landlords, um, because these issues are able to be squashed almost immediately, just engaging task easy. So that was another, for us, just huge selling point was let's get, let's get our people out from underneath this ugly HOA rock, right? Don't want to be spending time dealing with HOAs. Um, As far as the um, opt-in, opt-out, our approach was, um, to present it to the owners as congratulations, your property is being enrolled into this. And it's awesome because of all these things. Um, something that was super important to me was to make sure that we were factoring um, market rate as far as the rent rate separate from the RBP. This way, the owner is still netting regular regular return on market rent. Their market rent is not uh, diminished so that we can add in RBP because that's just selfish. And that's that's not something that we are interested in doing. So when we price out a rent rate, we're going straight to market rate. We're making our recommendation on market rate. When the owner agrees to it or says, you know, inflate that by whatever, we are saying, okay. And then in addition, we're going to provide these services to the resident and they're going to pay for it and it costs this amount, right? So that's in addition to, and when they say, Hey, can, well, can we just charge more for rent? Unfortunately, market rate is this, we're going to recommend this for market rate. These services are in addition to the rent. And so there's an additional charge for them, but it provides you these 
things to limit your liability and it's all good all around. And we have had not any say, oh, don't give my resident any benefits. Like they love that they can provide benefits to their resident. They love that they're making the same amount of money that they would have if they didn't have the RBP. And we made it a um, basically a rule at the company that if adding the RBP is going to negatively affect the owner in any way financially, we won't do it. So far, we haven't seen that issue. So it's all been good, right? On the resident side, there's no opt-in or opt-out. The property has been enrolled in the RBP program. Yay, kudos to you. Um, it is marketed as such. And when they sign their lease, they're signing their lease saying that they accept the rate as is. When we market the property, we are marketing the rent rate plus the RBP. So yep. if if the property is $19.95 a month, right? And we're charging, say, $75 for the RBP, the rent rate is $19.20 and the RBP is $75. And so combined, they're paying $19.95. So when they say, they see on the lease and they say, oh, well, the rent says this and I just want to pay that. I don't want the RBP. We say, well, the property is enrolled in the RBP. So you get those services uh, for the rate that was marketed. And we're so excited for you. And this is why. And we share that with them. So we don't allow a resident opt out because mm -hmm. it's marketed as inclusive. And we don't discount and we don't negotiate when it comes to uh, rent rent rates or monthly rates. So, cool. I, so, just a quick. I feel like I know, at least in some people's minds, a question they're asking if they haven't done this in their own business before. That we'll just get a quick response from you on Jess, and then uh, we want to come to Todd, Todd for a deep dive here. But you know, it sounds like Atrium took a stance of like, hey, we can make things opt in, or we can make things opt out, or we can just say here's our resident experience. Like here's the service level we deliver, right? Everything that it includes, like these are all lease obligations. We're making them really easy. So if you're renting from Atrium, like that's kind of what we stand for. Uh, here's the benefits, like promoting the benefits and value of it, but but standing confidently and strong and ultimately saying that that's what we're going to offer. And then, you know, it sounds like the other key part of that is you're watching things like days on market, application volume, et cetera, to make sure your market rent uh, and you know the results for the owner aren't being adversely affected by that, so that that it is a triple win, and it's not you know taking from one place or another. And that that's been your experience so far uh, with everything that you've done and how you've done. Is that right? Absolutely, uh, it's a triple win across the board, and um, you know we do very closely monitor all of those things. They're they're included in our KPIs that we're looking at multiple times a week. Um, additionally, you know, our, I think our just initial feeling about it was put it out there. Don't mm -hmm. hide, you know, behind something and, and sweep it right in. I mean, we did it in phases. We went mm -hmm. new leases first, then we engaged on the renewal side. And then after both of those were successful, we sent out a mass basically communication that was like, Hey, great news. You know, these benefits are now being offered in a package. Uh, you're already, you know, responsible for them anyway. If you want to reach out to us and see if enrolling in the RBP prior to your renewal would be beneficial to you financially, let us know. Your property mm -hmm. qualifies for this package. And we had a lot of residents reach out and say, well, I'm going to get it on renewal anyway. I'm already paying for these things. Let me see how this looks. And we had a lot, um, you know, interested in enrolling sooner than their, than their renewal or sooner than their new lease. So it's, it's been awesome. And we've had no knock on wood. We've had no complaints uh, regarding the service, the quality of service. And I think that's a testament to just amazing, amazing service providers, second nature. Obviously we all know you guys, you know, are the top of the top at customer service, but um, pest share task easy, uh, CHS, everybody values that that level of customer service. We are introducing our clients to you in a third party kind of way, and you value that. And we just we appreciate it so much. It's easy to work with good people. So it's been awesome. Jess, thanks for thanks for going deep on that one. Appreciate it. Um, Thad, I'm, I'm going to let you go with Todd, but I'll just tee this one up of like 
Todd, I mean, where, where can we not go with you? I, I feel like if we ask you, you know, what potential revenue programs, opportunities are there out there? there there's a, a long list. I just like imagine a scroll like unfolding, you know, out. There's, there's a lot of things we could cover, but, um, you know, what do you think would be most helpful, most practical, and even maybe covering a couple of different ideas at a high level, and then we can let Thad figure out where to go deep with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, Thad can really choose where we go. I mean, I, you know, when it comes to our most profitable program, it's clearly our security deposit waiver in-house program that we have. But I know we've talked about that on a previous podcast, I think. So I don't know if you want to dive into that. We could talk pets. We can talk owner benefit package. I mean, there's a million different things we can go into. So it's, Thad, you tell me what you want to do. Yeah, let, let, let's start here. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting. So Todd, when I think of people that are innovative and trying a lot of new things and then also kind of back it up with execution, you know, you're very high on the list. So curious, what's your process? You know, are you just thinking, you know, all day, does just stuff pop up that you want to jump on? Or like, do you have a framework for how you've laid out the different elements of your business and, and how you can monetize? So we'd well, love to kind of hear your process first, and then we can jump into a few areas. I mean, it's, it, we, we kind of lay out a plan for what we're going to be rolling out. So for example, you know, our next thing that we're rolling out is pest share uh, is going to be coming in as part of our uh, owner benefit package and resident benefit package. We're kind of doing a combination on that. Uh, Task Easy is on our list also. Um, we're also rolling out some, some new things on the resident uh, side as far as have for their leases. So for example, we're rolling out a uh, pick your own due date program for tenants where they can pay extra and pick their own due date on when their rent's going to be due. So we kind of, you know, space these out as we're going to roll them out, just like you guys do on how you've rolled out your RBP, you kind of have a roadmap for how you're going to do this. But a lot of these ideas just come from attending conferences, attending webinars like this. Um, I try to spend as much time as I can hanging out with people, you know, like Jess, like Umar, just anybody I can speak to in the industry. And, you know, 99% of the time, if I sit down and have a drink with somebody for 10 minutes, I'm going to come up with an idea. So then it just gets on the roadmap. So, you know, that's kind of my, my process isn't any more complicated than that, to be honest yeah. with you. So what I'm hearing is just always, always thinking, always learning. And then once something seems palatable, operationalize roadmap, and then go execute from there. Yeah, we're always underwriting all this stuff. So, you know, I mean, we're always looking to see, you know, what do we have to do? You know, for example, on the security deposit waiver program, I rolled it out very quickly, but, you know, we went through a, a real underwriting process on that to figure out, you know, what are we paying out on the average property at the end of a lease? You know, what, what rate do we need to charge on these things? What's the average default rate? You know, how does it look across the credit spectrum? You know, we do analyze all that stuff before we roll it out. But I am, you know, for people who know Brad Larson, you know, Brad's also an implementer. You know, he pulls the trigger quick and I'm kind of the same way. I don't allow myself to get stuck in this analysis paralysis where I'm debating whether I'm going to roll out a program for two years or not. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to make it happen. It's going on the roadmap. I love that. Do you know uh, one one thing that you brought up, the pick your own due date. So that's that's interesting. You know, there's definitely a lot of solutions coming in around like rent splitting or how you pay. C curious on that one specifically, how does that work for the owner? Do they, you know, do they just get paid later? Or are you financing that at all? Curious kind of any changes to that. So basically the owner would be getting paid more in exchange for doing that. So, you know, we're structuring the program, basically thinking about what is the average mortgage company charging if you were to pay late, for example, you know, if the owner wasn't able to make that payment on time, what would their late fee be? Um, you know, all that kind of stuff gets factored into it. But basically, we're wanting to make sure that the owner gets compensated for that later payment. We're getting compensated for offering the program, and it's an added benefit to the tenant. We also try to make sure that every owner understands when we take them on. You should never expect to get your rent on time anyway. You should always be planning ahead. You know, There are probably management companies on, on this webinar now who don't pay owners until the end of the month anyway. Um, you know, I know a number of management companies who do that. So you know, from the owner's side, it shouldn't be a big deal. But we do want to make sure that the owner is being compensated if they are getting paid later in the month. Because our normal business model is we try to pay owners out as quickly as possible. That's kind of how we market. We do owner draws daily as opposed to just one day a month like a lot of management companies do. So we do want to make sure that we're compensating owners if they're getting paid later in the month. Um, so it, it's just we always want to make sure, like you guys say, there's a triple win. If we're offering this to the, to the tenant as a way for them to have that later due date, the owner's getting some extra money for that. And so are we. Well, so, so one thing, um, you know, speaking of the, the owner side, can you talk a little bit more about the, the owner side, owner benefit package, 
Um, and curious, what kind of stuff are you offering there? And then how do you think about enrollment into those products given the length of the property manager agreements, um, kind of the dynamic of your selling to them, you know, uh, unique ownership of the property, things like that. Yeah. So we kind of look at it a little bit differently on the owner side than we do on the resident side. So on the resident side, it's like Jess said, you know, this is the resident benefit package we have. Everybody's enrolled in it. It's just automatic. That's what it is. On the owner side, we've done it a little bit differently. We've done it as an opt out program on the owner benefit package. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just kind of sent out a notice to all of our clients and said, this is the new package we're offering. Everybody's going to be automatically enrolled in it. But if you're not interested, here's a form you can fill out to opt out. So it was an opt out rather than an opt in, because if you make something an opt in, nobody's going to go through the effort of opting in. So, you know, we've just kind of done it that way. It was, I would say, probably 10% of our uh, clients decided to opt out. Some of the ones who opted out originally thought better of it, you know, a few weeks later and opted back in. So I actually had to go and create an opt back in form for them to get back into the program. So, you know, that, that kind of happens sometimes too. But we do kind of make it a little bit more flexible on the owner side than we do on the resident side. Um, but we still try to make it, you know, as universal as we can, just to try to make it easy for our operations. We want to have as, as much of a standardized operation as we possibly can and not have a bunch of patchwork, different yeah. programs going on. And, and so you're generally, a lot of this you're doing, here's a new program, it's opt out, it's outside of the PMA. So you don't have to worry about integrating this into the PMA and the sales process. Yes. I mean, you know, I always teach everybody, you should have something in your management agreement anyway that says I can change this agreement with 30 days notice. So, you know, and it should also say I can charge admin fees to tenants that come to me and I don't have to specify each individual fee. That should all be specified in the management agreement from the beginning. So it's really easy for us. We just send out a notice like when we were rolling out Pest Year, that's an addition to our owner benefit package. Um, because we're going to cover rodents for them, which is a requirement for the landlords to provide in the states where we do business. So, you know, we're adding that to the owner benefit package. So we just send out a notice to the owners and say, hey, 30 days from now, this is going to be part of your owner benefit package. Um, if you want to opt out of that, you can just send us that notice. But otherwise, this is going to be part of your management agreement going forward. So at the end of those 30 days, it's part of the agreement. It's locked in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, that was help, that was helpful, by the way. I think uh, Steve had asked, what, "What's your your viewpoint on added complexity of the due date specifically versus upside? How, how did you run that math, and and wh where do you how do you kind of manage the complexity of what sounds like a lot of different services you're offering?" So I think part of the problem that people have with these things is they're too manual still in their businesses. They haven't automated enough. Because um, this question came up, I think Andrew and I were on the same panel in Phoenix recently, if I remember right. And I think Mark Cunningham asked yeah. me the same question. It came up again. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's automated. So we don't really have to worry about it. So all of this stuff links in. We use Lead Simple as our process automation platform, which connects to Zapier, which connects to Propertyware and all the other things we, we use. And it's all automated. So nobody has to really think about it. You know, it's just when it's time to run a late fee, it's going to happen automatically. When it's time to send out a cure notice, that's going to pop up and lead simple automatically based on the dynamic due date that the tenant has selected. So when they're signing their lease, we have a form that they fill out. It's They select what date they want, and then that feeds automatically right into lead simple. So when it's trying to run all those checklists that it needs to run, it'll happen automatically, and we don't have to worry about it. So there's not a staff member who's having to run a report every day like it was in the old days. You know, we used to have to do that years ago. You know, er, you know, whenever it was time to run late fees or evictions or whatever, you had to run a manual report and work your way through it. That's not how it works in our business anymore. The system is determining when those things need to happen and it's telling the employees when it needs to be done. So nobody has to think about it. Nobody has to do anything manually. I love it. Um, shifting gears a little bit, Todd, and I, I want to touch on something Umer brought up earlier. Um, you know, with their, with their unique program, there's a lot of focus on, we're going to just make this seamless so that they can focus on acquiring more properties and growing and kind of curious, you know, two, two questions here from your perspective, how much are you thinking about the, like from your revenue generation side, how much are you thinking about growing revenue organically through getting your investor set to buy more property and kind of rent growth? versus, you know, 
introducing new service offerings and the associated revenue. And then maybe if you can talk to around um, the management fee compression, I know you've got a unique model there. So just kind of the whole question around, you know, investor growth, land and expand, you know, expand versus, you know, kind of grow investors. And, and um, yeah, I would say our, you know, our, on our biz dev side, you know, Jonathan and Christine could definitely talk more about how we're trying to get owners to acquire more properties, how we're trying to get more owners, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of out of my wheelhouse. That's not really my uh, claim to fame. I don't really know uh, exactly what all they're doing, to be honest with you on that. I kind of let them handle it. That. <laughs> um, obviously we have our podcast and everything that's, that's doing a lot of work on that. We also have, uh, we use HubSpot. So we have a lot of campaigns set up to try to get owners who we already have and owners we have in our database who aren't actually clients to acquire new properties, to bring those on with us. So we're always trying to do that on the revenue side. You know, we are, you know, it seems like as long as I've been doing this, that we've run out of ideas for how to grow revenue you know, on a, on a unit basis, you would think, you know, after you pass 300 and some dollars a door that you, you're out of revenue. I promise you, you're not. You know, there's always new ways to come up with revenue. Um, you know, it's, it's when you can find ways to provide people things that they need anyway, you know, for example, on the pest control side or on the lawn care side, these are things that people are already needing to do. All we're doing is saying, we're going to provide it for you so that we can make the profit off of it instead of somebody else making the profit off of it. These are all yeah. things that people already need. And that's really the big thing on our security deposit waiver program is we looked at it and said, there's all these companies out there that are offering insurance products and financial products to try to do this. They're obviously doing it for a reason. They're doing it because they make money off of it. Um, same thing with home warranty companies. They do this because there's a margin in offering the home warranty. So we want to do all those things ourselves to make sure that we're capturing that margin. So anytime I find a program, a service, anything that someone else is offering, you know, and it's been an established business, I can see where they're actually making money or there's very smart people who I can see have underwritten this and they know they're gonna make money off of it. My immediate thought is, why am I going to pay them to do it when instead I can do it in-house and make sure that I'm capturing that margin? Yep. That's awesome. And I think, I, I think I'm getting the, uh, the message that we're, we're running over time. Amir, I want to come back to you, but I think we might have to connect another time. So <laughs> Andrew, I'll let you, uh, so, sorry, we, uh, ran long. Yeah. Sorry. There, sorry. There's so many, uh, good ideas, you know, <laughs> and good questions coming through. It's a good problem to have. Hey, thanks all of, all of you for, um, you know, participating and, and really willing to, to go deep there. That was great. Take care. Have a great day, everybody. That's all for today's Triple Win Property Management Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your life with us. We do not take it for granted. I also want to give a shout out to Carol Housel for everything she and our team does to make these possible. It's crazy to think about over 5,000 professional property managers have pressed play on episodes in season one and season two now. And we really want to encourage you to keep giving feedback because more and more people are listening. It's getting better and better and better thanks to everything that you're sharing with us. If you like this enough to listen, I want to encourage you to share it with other people. Um, you can give us feedback directly on those social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're hanging out. You can also send us an email at triplewin at secondnature.com. And we just want to give more. We're, we're, there's no sales pitch here. Just want to offer more resources that help you find and stack your next triple win and become a triple win driven property manager. So where can you find that? You can find the private Facebook group. You can find our blog. You can find our newsletter. You can find more resources all at rbp.secondnature.com. Just search for what you're looking for there. And every time we see you, we want to see a better version of you and your business to that end. Keep it going. Feel inspired. Take our encouragement. And we'll see you next time.